0: Guys, it's it's time for another bite-sized breakdown so uh full disclosure uh this is maybe the sixth or seventh time i've i've taken a run at this thing and i've got this weird sort of like sore throat um i i got something stuck in my throat earlier like a piece of food or something and it it's just sort of irritating i've been coughing and uh been kind of raspy uh so uh this is my attempt to sort of get this done and I, I just want to apologize uh to the brochachos because I know this is super late uh, but um so if you've been listening to our longer form podcasts uh and uh you've been paying attention to my segment or my bits on the uh the backlog reports, you know that I've been uh, waiting in the fetid pools of Diablo three again for like the millionth time uh and what can i say i love this game i'm not even sure why sometimes but it's a game that i platinumed on ps4 i bought it on ps3 i bought it on pc Uh, i have played the mess out of this game and uh it's just i wanted to take a few minutes and sort of talk about uh this game Uh, This and and I'm even going to dip into the series a little bit because I basically yeah, I've been playing this game since it came out in 1997 since I was a sophomore in high school a long time ago and I'm feeling very old right now. But you know, before we get too far off the beaten path, let's just take a couple minutes and look at the history of the Diablo games. So the original Diablo uh, it was released in nineteen ninety-seven and I want to say January. Um, so I would like I like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I would have been a sophomore in high school. And uh the memories that I have of this are basically um I bought a copy and my buddy Jeremy Steinbacher would come over and we would play it on my parents' PC, and he would come over like every couple of weekends and we just monopolized my parents' computer. Which I'm sure that they were not impressed with, uh, didn't didn't do any uh, favors for as far as winning my parents to video games are okay and not rotting my brains outside of things. Um, but we just played the mess out of this game, uh, loved it. Uh, there was a an expansion released uh, by Sierra Online, which is a little unusual that uh, Sierra would develop the expansion for this Blizzard owned and published game, but eh, whatever. Uh, and it was fine. It, it added another class. So in addition to the warrior, the rogue, and the sorcerer, you can now play as the monk. Um, and it was, it was it was fine. It was cool. Uh, I don't really have a lot of standout memories of the original Diablo other than the first time I went to fight the butcher, I would just die a lot and i think and now looking back on it i was just incredibly under, under leveled um, but like man i w- that room used to just terrify me uh, he was so hard and he there was like this sound that i can almost hear mm. but uh, fast forwarding a couple of years uh, it's 2000 and i'm you know i haven't i I've moved out of my parents house and I'm actually uh, kind of crashing with a buddy of mine named uh, Craig. And he has Diablo 2 on his PC. And I think he might have had... So it might be a little later than 2000, actually. But he might have had the the expansion Lord of Destruction on there as well. And uh, I just remember sort of going down the rabbit hole on on that again and just sort of being hooked. And eventually... Uh, when I had my own PC, I ended up getting the battle chest just so I could play more Diablo 2 on my own PC. But that, that was years later. And uh, then, and you know, it was basically radio silence for a number of years. Uh, in that time, Blizzard released World of Warcraft, and that sort of shadowed, you know, just basically put a stop on everything else for a while. Um, but then in 2012, Diablo 3 was released to PC. And I remember buying a copy of that, and then my roommate Sauce and I basically dumping tons of hours into that game. And to be honest, the, the initial release of Diablo 3 was pretty uh, problematic, is what I would say. There were some issues uh, at the time. Uh, they were requiring you to have a persistent online connection even when you weren't playing with other people, which now we kind of look at that as that's not that big a deal. But uh, eight years ago when this game was released, that was almost unheard of uh, for at least this type of game. Uh, and, you know, um, so there was that. Um, there was also just th- there was a, an online auction house that you could use real money to buy in-game items. Which, ah, geez. Like, this is before, like, even the microtransaction stuff, sort of. This is a basically Blizzard trying to capitalize on some of the microtransaction um, market before it really started to blow up and doing it poorly. Because the difference is, these things weren't merely cosmetic. These, And you could use in-game gold to buy these things as well. But it was, like... It, and you could sell, it it was a, it was a mess. It was just a hot garbagey mess pile. Um, and eventually they sort of got rid of it. They just sort of threw it out because, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to. And I, I'm sure that there are some people who like the auction house, but I think overwhelmingly it just didn't have a lot of fan support, uh, Another thing that was sort of, in in my opinion, is frankly sort of silly, um, but there were a lot of people who were kind of disappointed with the aesthetic shift because uh, Diablo 1 and 2 were almost grayscale in in a way. Uh, They were very sort of dark, flat, muted color uh, palettes, lots of grays, lots of dark browns, lots of dark greens. Um, with some splashes of red. It was like very gothic sort of color schemes, right? You know, lots of dark brooding and then red. And even the red was probably pretty dark. And uh, Diablo three, well, it was a bit of a shift. Now, it's not nearly as colorful as like, say, Overwatch or uh, any of the, the main Warcraft games or even World of Warcraft. It's not nearly as bright or colorful as any of that. Uh, but it was still significantly uh, splashier, I guess we could say, than the original two titles. And there were a lot of people who were sort of upset with that aesthetic choice. Uh, I don't really fall into that camp, uh, frankly. I think like the, I think the color palette in, and, and just I think the overall design of the game is is pretty enjoyable. Um, and I don't play it to sort of you know get lost in a grayscale world i mean i'll I'll, diablo 4 has been announced and it looks like it's going to be sort of a return to that darker more uh grim dark sort of orientation and i'll play it and i'll probably love the mess out of it as long as the game is good um there was also recently uh within the last year or two and and you guys may or may not have heard some of my commentary on this uh but there was a, a mobile game announced uh, and it was really sort of received poorly that now to be fair uh, that announcement was just like i'm not sure who thought that that was a good idea making that sort of like the last announcement at blizzcon uh but yeah people were unhappy and 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 the guys uh the presenters sort of response was not it was not great um but you know, all that being said, uh, it was uh, several years ago at this point in time. But uh, an exp- the expansions uh, for Diablo three came out; they came to consoles, and I think that was really just sort of the beginning of a of a bit of a a, a, a reinvigoration of the series. And that's really where I've spent the most time playing them. Like I said, I did buy it for my PS three; played a whole bunch of it on PS three. Uh, ended up buying it on my PS4. Bought a whole bunch of it, or played a whole bunch of it on my PS4. Bought it on my Switch. Haven't played a ton on my Switch, but that's just because uh, you know there are uh, you know uh, there there are other things I need to play on my Switch before I can sort of carve out time to chew up a whole bunch of files on that. Um, and just you know, before we get too much further. If you haven't played this game and you are thinking of purchasing it, I really do just recommend getting the complete bundle version, whatever. Uh, you can find it in most places for like 20 25 bucks and it'll come with all the characters and it'll include all the content including the fifth act, um, which the fifth act is kind of like eh, it's it's good, it's substantial and it's and it ties up uh, a bit of a, a story beat from Act four. Um, I'm going to take like a minute here to just sort of go over the story in the the broadest of strokes. But basically, uh, it's sort of set in this world, and the world's called Sanctuary, and it actually sort of centers in many ways around the kingdom of Tristram, and then eventually New Tristram. Um, But it's sort of, A very dualistic take or a dualistic worldview where the forces of good and the forces of evil are locked in this, well, they call it, I think, the eternal conflict. So they're locked in this conflict and they're constantly seeking to sort of corrupt or influence mankind or whatever. And it's just like, it's a good versus evil and and the heroes side with the forces of good to turn back the forces of evil one more time uh and you primarily always fight the protagonist named diablo the lord of terror um and it's just i don't know it's fun like uh the the storylines like i said the storylines kind of like it's basic but where these games really shine is basically they are so we've all sort of heard the talk the the term loot shooters or the loot and shoots or, or whatever dumb, I will not say. I think somebody calls them schluters and those people need to be beaten within an inch of their lives. Yeah, not really. I'm not advocating violence against anyone. I'm just saying that's a dumb word and you shouldn't say it. <laughs> but the loot systems, it's basically a very similar loot system. Actually, it's probably the origin of... Uh, I know for a fact, actually, I think Borderlands, the original Borderlands, when that was in development, they really wanted to sort of, uh, they were really inspired by Diablo's loot system. So, but it's just, uh, you kill things and you get stuff. And that's the whole sort of uh, real point of the game is you kill things and you get stuff. And, and, the game gets a little harder and you kill harder things and you get better stuff and you just, you level up like you would in sort of many, uh, many different RPGs. And this game for, for all intents and purposes, just sort of an isometric-ish based action RPG. It's not super hardcore, um, but there is, uh, there can be some really intense level scaling so it's got like a an easy, a normal, a hard, an expert, a mastered, blah blah, and then it starts getting into what they call the torment tiers. I think there's 16 levels of torment, and each one of these things gets exponentially harder, um, with exponentially better loot. And so, and and that's really where sort of like the gameplay mechanics come into play. Um, so, the basic thrust of this game, and I'm gonna say like mechanically. This game is very, very simple, like on its surface. Uh, It actually, and this analogy breaks down. It's not a perfect analogy, metaphor, whatever this thing is. But it it reminds me of sort of like Othello, is that the rules are very, very simple. Um, But the complexity lies in sort of looking beyond the basic strategies and looking for ways to just like dominate later on. And, And so it goes from like being maybe Othello into chess. Where all of a sudden there's this rule set that's way more complicated. Now you can still play it the way that you would, you know, on the surface, but when you start playing it the other way, it just it it opens up significantly. Um, and so the basic sort of combat loop is built all around. There are these seven different classes. Uh, five of them came with the core game: so the barbarian, the demon hunter, the monk. The wizard and the witch doctor were all included in the original game. Um, And then later they added the crusader and the necromancer. Uh, The barbarian and the crusader are both what we call strength characters. So their primary attribute is strength. And there are four attributes strength, dexterity, intelligence, and constitution. Strength uh, determines uh, the damage output for barbarians and crusaders, it also affects your armor rating and and damage mitigation. Uh, Dexterity also affects armor rating, but that affects it in sort of a dodge way. So instead of being about uh, damage mitigation and uh, just being able to take a harder hit, um, it actually increases your dodge likelihood. And it also scales the damage for monks and demon hunters. Intelligence is the... Governing, or the primary attribute for the wizard, the witch doctor, and the necromancer, and that also determines your resistances to non-physical damage. So you, there are different like magical damage types, like fire, cold, lightning. Um, let's see, arcane, holy. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the different types like. There's a lot of them. But intelligence ups your resistance to those damage, and it scales the damage for, uh, like I said, the wizard, the witch doctor, and the necromancer. And then constitution is just sort of a catch-all. And it what it does is it does a little bit of damage mitigation. I think it ups your resistances a little bit, but it primarily affects how much life you have. So the whole point of this game, though, is uh, there's a basically, um, in, in combat, there's your your abilities are basically you have some puffs, uh puffs, some buffs or debuffs, uh or maybe some taunts or passive enact, like there are things that you can enact, but it basically, as far as damage output goes, there's resource generators and spenders. And so as far as damaging monsters and fighting monsters, you're sort of initially playing between this whole like, Building up resource and then spending it, and the spenders again. Sorry about the little cough throat cleary thing, but the spenders tend to be a little more damage intensive. Those tend to be the ones where you hurt the enemies more significantly. And what what really gets interesting is when you eventually get to a point where you find the right kind of equipment. And so a lot of this game is very much driven on equipment and. Um, but when you get the right kinds of equipment where you can actually start sidestepping the resource generation, spending, resource spending sort of cycle or balance. That's not necessarily ideal for every character class or every build. Um, in fact, uh, the meta is, is constantly sort of being shifted and tweaked, and that's something that Blizzard does really, really well, uh, in my opinion, is that they really know how to sort of keep things balanced. And it's not, it doesn't need to be balanced in the way that, like, you know, it would in, in a competitive shooter like an Overwatch or something. But they, they know how to sort of keep each one of these classes uh, fun and playable and competitive. There comes a point in the game where, a- after you've beaten the story mode, you unlock adventure mode. And that's really sort of where the game gets very sandboxy. Um, and, it, well, and you can actually just sidestep that by jumping in into seasonal play. And you can just start roll a new character and start them in adventure mode, which basically opens up the entire, all, all of the different maps, all of the different acts for you to sort of just, you know, muck around in. But there's so much here that I really want to get into, but uh, honestly getting into the nuts and bolts of this thing too much. But the game really shines. Basically, there comes a point where you can, and it's not not that hard to actually do this, there's an option in the menu, uh, in like the gameplay menu. I, I forget what it's called, but it basically lets you start slotting whatever you, whatever attack abilities or passive abilities you want, and it lets you basically do button. Assi- like you can assign. Um, you have six attack slots or ability slots, and you can you can at after you enable this mode, you can put those. Ability slots, you can put whatever you want into them. You're not tied to um, anything. And that's when the game sort of gets like, you know, when you start playing around with that and start playing around with the the different builds. Uh, Just to give you an example, uh, one of my favorite classes is the Necromancer. Uh, I like the Necromancer for a couple different reasons. He's actually got two resources to manage. Um, Essence, which is sort of like, just like, it's a catch all It's like mana sort of and so uh, in, in sort of it's it's magic power juice stuff but then he also generates when he kills an enemy uh, or she kills when a necromancer kills an enemy it also leaves a corpse and they have very powerful abilities that utilize corpses and can only be used when a corpse is you know sort of on screen uh, to, to to trigger the ability. Um, and so one of my favorite builds for the Necromancer, actually, instead of having any resource generators, just it it's dependent on driving down cooldown reduction times and triggering an ability that just allows me to uh, utilize uh, a corpse ability at will. Um, and it's just sort of piling on, and it and it's it's gear dependent. It requires a very certain set of equipment. Um, with with all the set bonuses that entail that, uh, or that come along with that, it requires very specific weapons. It requires uh, there's uh, in adventure mode there's this thing called the Kanai Cube um, that basically allows you to assign passives. Uh, right now, in seasonal gameplay, the way that they've they've even sort of there were some limitations to how you could assign that you could typically you so you could assign um man this is going to get super nerdy if i don't sort of find a way uh typically so you could pull abilities from weapons or equipment and in the Knight cube you could empower one weapon one armor and one uh jewelry or accessory power um but in the current Seasonal play, you can like if you want to use three weapon passives or three weapon abilities in the Knei Cube, you can, uh, which is pretty game breaking. Um, And then there's the Legacy of Dreams jewel, which actually lets you sort of make really powerful builds without having to rely on on equipment sets, which is another thing. Uh, This game is just very loot heavy, and it, like I said, it's just that constantly you you kill harder things to get better loot. Um, and it's eventually, you know, it's just, it's one of those those types of games. I, there isn't a lot to it just as far, there isn't a lot of substance to this thing. There isn't like, this is not have the finesse of like Bloodborne or uh, even a lot of like the loot shooters. But it's a very accessible game in many ways that um, it's, it's one of my favorite Hangout games. Like I love, I love being able to play it with Parker and my brother, just because it doesn't require me to be constantly uh, aware of what's going on in the games. It's it's it doesn't punish me a whole lot for dying or anything like that, unless I am running riffs. Oh man, there's so this is this is I this is my this was just folly. Uh, there's uh, like, the reality is there's way more this game than just the surface would sort of a lot. Like it's, it's hard for me to talk about everything and, and do it justice just because even sort of going back to that metaphor of Othello, this game on its surface is very simple. Kill stuff, get stuff. Kill harder things, get better things, kind of that loop. But there's so many sort of weird underpinning mechanics that I don't know, really just appeals to me. It's that sort of like it's not really as micromanage-y as as some some of the old school turn-based RPGs and stuff that I've I've played. But there's just enough of like a, a micromanage. Uh Hook in there that it sort of just pulls me down the rabbit hole every single time. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. I, I just really can't say enough good things about it. Uh, I've talked to some of the guys. I know that a couple of guys in the Brochacho Den are thinking about picking up the game, and uh yeah, and and I told him I said, hey, if you want me to sort of hop on or and and walk you through some stuff or to even do a sort of a let's play and just sort of talk you through some of the processes of this, because at this point in time, I would just recommend if you're going to play it, play through the story mode once. And if you get through that and you get into adventure mode and you really start digging into it, that's when like the seasonal play stuff comes in. Um, And that's, that's just a weird sandbox that just sort of, uh yeah I just love spending time and you know and and kicking around and but uh, yeah, I probably have not <laughs> done a great job of explaining this game, and that's okay because I think in some ways it's just a hard game to explain, but I think you should play it. I think if the idea of killing monsters and getting better gear and, and like just like that that cycle that loop appeals to you in any way shape or form Diablo has some of the best uh, loot experience in my opinion than than any other game It's just like you're you're almost always getting something useful and and every piece of gear you know especially when you start getting some of the better stuff pushes you to sort of re-examine your build and you're constantly tinkering and i just love it I just love it, and I mean and that's not for everybody. I get it, I get it, but I definitely think that this game is is worth a playthrough. I definitely think it's like I said, it's accessible um yeah, so uh, I hope that this this bite size hasn't just lost you guys and that you don't hate me forever after listening to this. Um, I hope this was helpful. Uh, and uh, like I said, I I if you ha- are thinking about playing this game seriously, hit me up. Uh, I play on PS4, but I have you know I have a ton of resources and I, I know where to sort of point you in the right direction if if you're interested in, in really getting into the game. And I think it's like it's one of those things that like I said, you can get like the complete edition for like 25 bucks. You can get everything and. Uh, yeah and it's just there's there's hours of of content in there to be enjoyed so yeah i i think i've just i i'm at a point where if i don't stop talking i'm gonna start talking about all the weird nuts and bolts and it's gonna get really weird and really esoteric and i'm gonna go way over that 30 minute ish mark that i try to hit So until next time, guys, this has been a bite-sized. I'm Nate. You know the things you're supposed to do. I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook Twitter and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B R O C C O L O P E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.